Hello and welcome to Move the Lines, sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today, enter promo code 444, receive a risk-free $1,000 bet. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined here as always by Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. We are coming off easily the best prop week of our you know, current season. Uh, I mean, just annihilated props top to bottom. I think you were up like 10 units on the week. I was up like eight. It was, um, I mean, just fantastic. It, it, like, I feel like alive again. You know, like I was buried <laughs> in the grave, like, you know, 10 feet below the dirt after week three. And now I'm just flying. Like, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I had you tail me more this week, so it was your best week of the season. <laughs> so, trust uh, props to you for recognizing, you know, uh, way to find yourself, get yourself out of the grave. But yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a good week, though. It was definitely a good week, and hopefully, we can run it back here. Eleven and two. I don't know that I can do that again, but uh, we'll we'll see what I can do. We got a great guest for you this week uh, joining us to break down the games from a betting perspective. Is CBS Sports senior NFL writer, host of the Daily Pick Six NFL podcast is our dear friend returning to the show. It is Will Brinson. What's going on, brother? Uh, what's up, guys? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I'm assuming that um, by that you – and I'm glad that you have a look. I've, I'm on the worst two-week stretch of picking games against the spread in my <laughs> entire CBS career right now. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like, I am – I don't know – I think I just – I don't know what happened. Um, I was in a it's really – hard. Good, this is hard. It's hard, but I was, like, in a really good spot after three or four weeks and feeling good about – everything and I, I think maybe I, I like let my guard down or and then I had a bad week and I kind of got in my own head uh but you know eventually you break out I can't go on forever um also I've noticed that the, the uh a lot of these games you know it's like you see these lines you're like oh well I mean yeah that like oh the Packers minus seven and a half at the Bears like this clear backdoor potential and then it's just you know the th- there have been a ton of blowouts the last two weeks and uh-huh. a lot of them are you know Heavily favored teams against really bad teams, where it just, you know, in, it feels like in years past it would always be backdoor potential, and I, yeah. I just don't know that a lot of these teams, like the Jets, the Bears, um, the, you know, maybe the Giants, do a little bit. There's, a lot of these teams just don't. The Texans just don't have the stamina or the firepower to even come through the backdoor. Sometimes. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I think I saw some cool data on it. I don't have it to reference, but yeah, we some of those like massive double digit two touchdown plus favorites have just been. On the side of the dog historically, and then the last Always couple on of the years, side of the dog. Yeah. And now it's like you know, the Cardinals are seventeen and a half point favorites against <laughs> the Texans. It's just seventeen points shy of what it should have been. I mean, yeah. it's, it's wild. It closed at like twenty. It still wasn't yeah. enough. Yeah, it's, it's insane for sure. Uh, it wasn't eleven and two against the number. I, there's props mixed in there too, so I can't, sure, uh, sure. you know, some size or some yeah, some team totals. So find it wherever you can get it. You know, you pick a handful. You know, ten, fifteen a week and. We come out on top, but well, sides is if, hard. if you're if you are watching, by the way, you should subscribe to four for four because uh, you could get access to the Discord channel, and that would mean immediate alerts on the props that uh, Ryan Connor are putting into the Discord. I, I gotta get that. that. Yeah, you like love that plug? That. Yeah, that's yeah, that was, great. that was great. Very good. This is why we got him on. Yeah, the Discord yeah. though is is absolute fire though. I mean, we yeah. you know Connor just hit you know a prop just before we got on on the line. By the time we're off, I bet it's five yards higher. You know, those oh, well, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I was going to say too, because like I have, um, I, I have uh, uh four for four and ETR, I think are the two mm-hmm. discords that I, that I get alerts for. And it's like, I mean, honestly, it's, it's like, you know, I'm in North Carolina, so I'm not, you know, we don't have win bet here yet. Uh, so, you know, I'm operating in a different method and yeah. our pro- my props aren't up to like Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. And they've just been absolutely just 
jackhammered in the in the direction <laughs> I don't want them to go because you know uh, you know you guys put them out there, ETR will put them out there, and I mean those things move so fast. And um, you know it's 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 crazy how there's just been this race kind of from you know sports books want to get ahead. You know like you, everybody wants to be first now because you're more likely to get that action, right? And then you know mm-hmm. like, for instance hypothetically DraftKings puts prop. Props. I know DraftKings. I think it's been early on those, uh, mm-hmm. earlier than everybody else. And um, when you do that, you're you're going to get a bigger customer base. Not that people won't shop around and use their favorite book, but like you know, you're going to get action. And um, and I think it's a little bit to the detriment of the consumer to a degree, just because it's so early in the week. But they are exploitable. It is. It is so early. I mean, we actually talked about this early on. Is because. Last year, props used to drop on Friday. Friday morning, like, yeah, almost yeah. exclusively. Yeah, and it was like it was like big chunks. So there was like it was just a little bit easier because you could be like spend a little bit more time. You could focus. Now it's like the people who are just sitting there refreshing DraftKings all day, waiting for like one prop to drop. Like I got so lucky that I was looking at my phone for the Chase Edmonds prop. Like I don't know, yesterday afternoon it was like thirty eight and a half. Now it's up to like forty five. Oh yeah, you know it's like I just got lucky. You know that I'm like literally like sitting there. I'll check my phone occasionally, and there it was, and like. And, and and people think too, like people that are betting these props, and you guys are, you guys explain this stuff on the site and everything, but like, or I mean, you know, when you're in your writing, but you know, if, if, a, if a line goes from 38 and a half to 45 and a half, I mean, that's a 20% bump up in, yeah, in terms of, massive. in terms of what you're, I mean, that's a massive move. And mm-hmm. in those props are, you know, 38 and a half is obviously just a bad line, but you know, 45 is could be easily where he ends up landing or oh, he lands in between. And you think, well, I want to bet this because these guys, you know, these guys are saying to bet it. And, and it's, 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 it, it, there's nothing worse than you. Know, somebody's like, take Chase Edmonds over rushing yards, 38 and a half. And you're like, all right, well, I'll just take it at 43 and a half. And then he rushes <laughs> for like 41 yards. And oh, you, yeah. you're furious. Stone it's tough voice. because we know like in sides and totals, we're dealing with really clear, distribution of scores to understand key numbers. Whereas the prop market itself is so inefficient where the 38 to your point in this instance, like that 38 and a half might've just been terrible. It doesn't mean necessarily that the 42 and a half is bad, right? But you always want to get the best number, right? Right, If you're going to lean on the over, I definitely want the lower number and vice versa. So it's like, you still want to be firing at the best of the number, any chance you can. And I think, and and maybe, I mean, you you guys actually do a good job about this. I was going to tell, um, um, uh, Levitan or what? I, mean, I just, I mean, I was going to suggest it. Like, I think, I think one thing that's really, he's like, like, why Levitan? If she's like, someone's watching this, he's like, what the f? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, I think that, I think one of the things with those props is like, um, and and they do, they do, they do it. Some he usually does it when he writes it up too, but it's like suggesting like, here's what I would take it to, you know, yeah. or like, mm-hmm. or like, here's what our projection has him at, and and the ETR thing has it in there too. So I'm not knocking it, but it's like, you know, when you go and see, like. You know, I see a I see a prop come out on Wednesday, and I'm betting it on you know, Friday morning. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like that's you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, d- you know, if it's like a, you know, it's a or it's a bigger number, like a 75 or like Calvin Ridley 67 and a half, and I'm betting 75 and a half. I'm like, oh, you know, that's yeah, that's that's one that could get in the sweet spot. Yeah, I mean, that could be a whole catch. Like that's the that's the difference. Like that's sure. another that's an extra catch. Um, or or like or like a um a, a non catch or like a, a DPI right. That you know, it's like a ten yard, ten fifteen yards of DPI where you know he, he he didn't catch it because he got mauled, and and that's the difference in in the over. Yeah, you'd For be sure. paying twenty twenty five cents on the extra catch number in the reception market. So like those things matter massively. So. For sure. We're trying. We want to make it as efficient for our users as well. You know, obviously they keep the lights on for us, so we want to help make them as much money as profitable, or as they you know they can be as profitable as they can be too. It's it's great for Connor and I to win, but uh, it's good when the subs are 
you know, we have a little bit of community wins in the chat. It is a, it's a good time too. So I don't know why I always get, I always get blurry on Streamyard. It's not even a, it's just like my channel. <laughs> I have that too. Yeah, you just got to put the thumb on it and zoom in. And refocus yeah, but then you look like an idiot because you're holding. Up <laughs> I was I was doing a hit earlier on CBS and, and oh, there I am and um on CBS Sports HQ. And uh, free twenty four seven. And um, they were uh, they're like they killed my feedback. I'm sorry, I couldn't I couldn't see like what was going on. And they were like, "You're blurry, you're blurry. Hold up your hand over here." And I like do it like seven times. We're like, they're like fifteen seconds. We're live. I was like, ah. Yeah. I, I hear pixelated abbeys are in now. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We should all go. Everybody should go pixelated abbeys. Just it's everyone's total, doing it. So. Just a total loop. Don't forget to listen every week or every day. The uh, Pick 6 podcast is available for you. Check out Will. Uh, we're doing two shows a week here. We're doing this as our game-by-game preview. We do the prop drop show on Fridays. Subscribe wherever you're listening, YouTube, um, comments, rate and review. All that stuff helps us, keeps the lights on, and helps other people find us as well. So um, let's get into it. We have uh, only two buys after a, a crap ton last week. Baltimore and Vegas took the week off. Uh, let's start with our first game. We got Philly. On the road in Detroit, um, Detroit catching three and a half here at home. Totals 47. Um, yeah, Philly on the road here is uh, as a favorite. First time they're favorited all year. I need the Rams to win last week in a bad way, but I really enjoyed the first half stretch where it was clear that Dan Campbell understood that he was up against it. Um, so many undermatched teams nowadays come in, play things as if they're even, and everyone in the building knows that they're dogs. But Campbell at least, you know, Gave his team a shot a little bit. We had that little stretch where they're going for it on fourth down. We had a couple of fake punts. Um, it's basically like he's playing Madden against a guy that he knows he's like drawing dead against. Absolutely love to see that. It's enough for them to at least cover, which is great. And the Eagles on the other side, disappointing week seven game, came out flat against the beat up Raiders team. And they let Derek Carr sling it around. He carved him up. Garbage time king, uh, Jalen Hurts made it look uh, like he does typically in the fourth quarter, but it uh, wasn't enough. That's unbelievable. Yeah, talk to me about this one, Will. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't help but kind of think this might be where the Lions get one of their wins, and it's, it's, it's one of two things is going to happen here for Detroit. They are going to break through and get a win in the next couple of weeks, or they're going to start getting just they're going to give up because they can't take the, the the tough losses anymore, and they're just going to start getting blown out. And I like to think that you know the what we saw from the resiliency uh, of Detroit after those. You know, those two backbreaking last second losses. Uh, they, you know, they came out and fought against a really good Rams team, like a real good Rams team. And I think it motivated Sean McVay and it motivated Matthew Stafford to prove that, you know, they made the right decision in trading for him and, and suck at golf and all that. Um, and, and you're right, Dan Campbell, like, you know, what, Pete Carroll, that's what you should be doing with Geno Smith is going for it on fourth down, you know, on, on like give yourself every opportunity because you are overmatched. And, and so I, I, I like that Campbell did that. The, the, the lions now uh, four and three against the spread on the season, Philly three and four, but you're right. I mean, most of those are backdoor and Jalen hurts isn't very good early in games and the, the Eagles don't do much. Nick Sirianni, uh, my producer, uh, Eric, uh, for the pick six podcast is a huge Eagles fan. And he's the most optimistic person on the planet. He he gets he's he's out on Nick Sirianni already. It's, it's like crazy, and so I, I mean I think I I think there's a decent chance that I, I would love getting more points because I don't know if I trust Detroit, but I'm taking the Lions to to cover and win here because they are going to come out with a more aggressive plan. They have an offense that is good enough to move the ball, you know, move the ball enough against this Eagles defense. I feel like, and I just I think we'll see a lethargic Eagles team that 
won't kick it in into gear because there won't be garbage time. It'll just be a close game. I think I think Detroit gets the win here. Connor, what do you think? You're a, a big Jalen Hurts guy, um, and I know you're holding a lot of anti Lions tickets, but they're you're still in the clear here, right? Because we were talking about four wins, so you're you know we're, we we can catch one here and still yeah. be okay. No, no, five, five, six wins is to bust my under. Um, okay, so yeah, it's it's so we're, we're looking. You're, you're we're fine. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, I'm already counting my week. tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's all right. Um, but this one, I mean, the Lions offense, I think, has been has a perception of being better than like what their actual output has been. You know, they haven't scored more than 19 points since week one, uh, averaging just 15.5 points over the last six weeks. Um, and their defense, 27th in DVOA, dead last in EPA per dropback still. Um, and so I don't love the Eagles in the spot. As you mentioned, I think that like the Lions are playing, you know, they're playing, they're playing to win. They're they're and they're not playing like not to lose, which is what a lot of bad teams do is they, you know, slow the game down and just try and like, you know, make the game more volatile and play not to lose. But like the Lions are playing to win. And I like that. Uh, you know, like I think that honestly they would have gotten blown out last week had they not done what they did and like their approach that they taken. Um, but for me, I, I I think still think that Philly has success. But again, like the early game, like lack of success on the offensive end is kind of concerning for me. So I'll probably just live bet it if I if you know if I'm in the right mood and kind of seeing how the game's going, because I think that if the Eagles office is clicking, I mean, this, this Lions defense is not going to stop anyone. So um, probably would lean Eagles, but again, like just because I'm, I'm very anti Detroit. I just, their talent is just, I mean, the worst in the league outside of Houston, I would say. So um, yeah, that's, that's probably my lean. Yeah. I'm with Will. I would lean points with the Lions. I think they can get one here. I mean, if you're going to lean the Lions to the point, just take the money dog out, you know, money line dog out right here. But uh it's it's an ugly it's an ugly and, one. and to be clear like i'm not making this like a bet like i'm not I, like we do oh, our yeah. best bets i'm not sending this in as a best bet <laughs> yeah no, i'm was... taking the home dogs just because we're due for at least some kind of chaos and they have to win one at some point you could talk me into three and a half with the lions for sure too i mean yeah. a, a three i would lean eagles three and a half but i mean three and a half i, I could take the Lions. I, there's I a reason that this is the first time the eagles are favored all season too so let's not pretend that they're you know, a class up above Detroit here. They are, they are somewhat in the, you know, same weight division uh, in terms of where these NFL teams rank. So um, you're going to catch three and a half at home when these teams are probably closer than we think. Um, I'm going to lean that way too, but I'm I'm with Will. It's not a, um, we're not circling that one for sure. We got a bunch more to get to. Um, I'm not sure this one's it for me either. Carolina at Atlanta, Atlanta, two and a half point favorites here at home. This one's moved uh, pretty substantially. Since the look ahead lines, basically it was Carolina two and a half and look aheads has moved the five points the other way. 46 and a half is the total. The continued slide from penthouse to outhouse for the Panthers has continued here. Uh, lost four straight. Sam Darnold looks lost. It was benched last game. Defense is holding up. They're not quite the elite unit that we thought we maybe saw earlier in the year. Obviously some injuries are impacting that. Definitely not good enough to overcome an anemic offense. Uh, Donald's 111 yards, 2.8 yards per play last week against the Giants defense. That is bottom three in yards per drive and points per drive allowed. That is not good. Good news. Atlanta is pretty much in the same ballpark uh, as the Giants were. So maybe this is the week, Will. Yeah, Carolina's in a uh, in a weird spot. Um, it, and by the way, you can see that this is the way that the Panthers are operating. It's like very obvious that, um, the, that David Tepper's just – wild mood swings are going to affect what the front office and the coaching staff do like coming out of like 
30 minutes after the game Sunday, you know, Joe Person of the Athletics. Like, sources say they're going after uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. And then by Wednesday, when you know, like people have had time to talk Tepper off the ledge, he's like, yeah, my Panthers are no longer interested in Watson. Like, okay. so that, that's, that's all that was. It's like Monday and Tuesday. Everybody's like, look, dude, we can't trade for this guy. He's got 22 sexual assault or, you know, sexual allegations against him, lawsuits against him and all that. Um, and I, I think, oh, man, I you know, was it like – before the Giants game, the look headline was two and a half, Carolina? Yeah. That is a lot of – I mean, I'm taking the Panthers here with the points, I think. And I think the Panthers will actually win this game. Atlanta's defense, um, you know, what, 25th in uh, DVOA. They are, excuse me, that's their offense. But, uh, Atlanta is uh, worse in, D- in DVOA, 30th in yeah, DVOA yeah. Uh, on defense. They're, they're not that good on offense either. And <laughs> I, I, I sort of feel like both of these teams are just – have taken advantage of – easy matchups and beating up on bad teams and Carolina's Atlanta's offensive line is, is, has been a little bit better, but it's not impressive. I think Carolina can get enough pressure on them up front where they can, uh, you know, generate some turnovers. Calvin Ridley, I know everybody buy low on him and all that in fantasy and I've got him in plenty of fantasy and it's killing me. Um, But I, I, I do think with Ridley, there's something going on. You know, we, we had like that personal issue because he didn't go to London. He had 10 targets and four catches last week. That is not like Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, Cal Pitt's sort of a breakout game, but Carolina might have the linebackers to hang with him. So I'll take Carolina here, just again, a dog in a division game uh, where I'm getting five points of value on the look headline. Yeah. Will made a good point, Connor. I mean, everyone's talking about the Falcons this week, and like they've been, they're a ton of love in the market, obviously, with this move, and they're now three and three after two straight wins. But they barely held on to beat the Jets in London, and they squandered a thirteen point lead last week against the Dolphins. They needed a last second field goal to hold on to win that one against your lowly Dolphins. I mean, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm impressed that this is all, all of a sudden you know a playoff. And they lost to Washington. Yeah. yeah, Washington stinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think here, Connor? I mean, this is uh there there are always like a few teams every year where I'm just like I have no idea. And right now the Panthers are kind of one of those teams. Uh I just I, I have no idea. They're I mean, they started off so strong and they looked great, and now they look like a bottom five team. Uh at least I mean, I got their roster, they're from a roster standpoint, I mean they have a decent roster. It's just that the way they're playing is just so lackluster and their offense is I mean, they played against a Giants defense, which is not good last week you know, like bottom 10 in most metrics. And now they're playing against the Falcons defense, which is, you know, bottom three in most metrics. But, like, if it didn't matter then, like, are the Falcons really that much worse defensively than the Giants? Like, to the point that it's going to, you know, light the Panthers' offense on fire? I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not confident enough in that. So, again, I, I think that I would probably lean Panthers here at the points. Uh, you're able to get plus three in some spots even. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, it's not something that I'm super excited about with how bad – I, Darnold just, I guess he is who he thought he was. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's looking like. He went back to New York and bad juju in that stadium. And mm, Oh, I didn't even think about that somehow. I, that's a good point. The, um, the, I mean, the thing with the, the other thing too, is that uh, one, uh, the, I think the Panthers, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Matt rule came out and said like, you know, he's, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball more. It's like, what? Why, why would you want to run the ball? McCaffrey's hurt. Yeah. Joe, he, and then this week, after this game, he came out and said, he said that uh, he's going to have to, quote, talk to, or he talked to Joe Brady, quote, 
about fixing a lot of things, which sounds like a Monday morning meeting at my house. You know, it's like, <laughs> like we're sitting down at the breakfast table, like we we need to talk about a lot of things. It's like, all right, you know, okay, sounds great, honey. Um, but the uh, you know, for I think Joe Brady will be motivated. Like, I mean, he, you know, he, they were not taking play call duties away from him. I mean, this is a guy that was on the hot, like the, the hot list for head coaching candidates. And now all of a sudden he's going to get stripped of play calling duties. He has to generate something big here to get people sort of off of that narrative. So that way he can get, he can get back into the discussion for a job search. Because if this offense goes off the rails for the rest of the year, that dude's just, he's not going to get a job like he thought he was this offseason. Yeah, I mean, everyone in Chicago is ready to give him the job. They want to give him the job in Las Vegas. Like he is, seems like, you know, on the short list of guys up for, you know, positions next year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think maybe Christian McCaffrey matters. I think yeah. we're kind of getting that feel. And maybe J.C. Horn, I know we only saw him for a little bit. Like that seems to be an impactful player and things have started to, to turn out. I know the schedule, those things kind of were mirrored with a really light schedule. You know, that schedule shifted at the same time as those dudes went down. So it's really hard to understand, you know, chicken or egg situation here. But again, if they both come back, I think maybe we see a little bit more progression well, here. Uh, I mean, not to linger on this dog crap game, but like uh, on the McCaffrey thing, the way that it looked like to me their offense was designed was uh, two like really quick reads for Sam Darnold. Like, like very quick. You know, like, all right, is Robbie, is Robbie, wide, is DJ wide open? Yes or no? Are you, like, are you confident this throw? Yes or no? Is Robbie wide open? Yes or no? And then dumped to McCaffrey, and 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 McCaffrey was able in those situations. You know, it it boosted Sam's confidence. It moved the ball down the field because McCaffrey would get seven, eight yards per catch, even you know, even if he's catching at the line of scrimmage. And it may it probably made the offense look a lot better than it was, especially against bad teams. The Robbie stuff is indicative of this entire team because the utilization there is through the roof. Like all of the signs are by, 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 by yards, targets per route run, air yards, and it is nothing. Like he is barely any of his passes are catchable. Uh, it's just, it's so, it's so weird. It's going to be one of these weeks where he pops off and in DFS, he'll be unowned because we've all been trying to chase the dragon for weeks. And it's, I mean, this is not a terrible. I mean, I, I say this. this like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Talking yourself back into it. Yeah, it's like the with the in the, the uh, GTA meme where the guy's standing in the in the in the alley. He's like, "Oh, bleep! Here we go again." Yeah, like, that's, the, that's me starting at, like stacking the Panthers or like whoever they're playing in in, in DFS. Hey, just double right here. Go Calvin. Bring it back with Robbie as a little skinny stack. You know, a little oh. retribution stack. And oh, yeah, then just don't mess with the quarterbacks. Yeah, don't mess with the quarterbacks. Do it yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. All right, next, uh, Cincinnati on the road, third straight time on the road. It's a tough, tough run. Uh, plus 10.5, uh, the number here against the Jets. 42.5 is the total. This is another one in the look ahead. This was 3.5 before they uh, went on the road and hammered. Excuse, really? Yeah, they were. Okay, we got to get in the look ahead, people. 3.5. Uh, good, good wow. number. Yep. You could have bet the Bengals. At my, I, mean, I couldn't have bet it, but like y'all could have bet the Bengals at minus, or somebody could have bet the Bengals yeah. at minus 3.5 a week ago. Yep. My, my, my. Uh, it's a reminder, I do a free article uh, taking a look at look headlines every week here at 4 4 It comes out on Thursday afternoon right around lunchtime, so take a look for did it. You, did you give out the Bengals? Uh, I did. I, did. Oh, I, I, there you go. Yeah. Round of applause. Hey, you know, every once in a while. There's another good one here uh, coming up. This is just a steal a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess we can say, though, this is a, a team was for real. Like, that was kind of the, the narrative for us last week. Like, what to we make didn't. of them. They're, yeah. Schedule was really difficult or wasn't very difficult. They'd been beaten up on bad teams and now they got two divisional road wins, uh, which is a strong statement defensively. They're top five in all the key metrics, second in adjusted line yards allowed, which is a legit 
thing that we want to see up there. They're not getting the pressure that we would want from a truly elite defense, but they're still holding up in the passing game, which is good to see. Now they get Mike White in the Jets. Um, what do you think about this one, Connor? I don't think it's enough points. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I mean, I think that this should be closer to 14. Uh, I, I get that it's on the road and that, you know, they play a lot the of road games. Three in a row? Three in a row is just hard. Like, yeah. Just... Oh, also that look ahead line does, it, it, uh, it, it does include the Zach Wilson, Mike White situation. That, that's that's true. true. Yeah, 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 like, I mean, yeah. not that Zach Wilson is worth 10 points or you know, seven points in the spread. Yeah. But, he's but it's probably not. worth a couple. I mean, like, oh, yeah. for sure. three or four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pair yeah. that with the recency bias and then, you know, kicking the crap out of the Ravens and yep. off we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I would probably have this closer to fourteen. I'm interested still at ten and a half, but these, I mean, you talked about it earlier, earlier, like briefly, but these massive favorites like have just been winning at a crazy high rate, um, like outright and you know against the spread. It seems like they're still able to cover. Um, and I, I don't know who it was on Twitter, but I, I think it was like maybe like deep value better. I think that's who it was. He tweets out this chart of like every year of like if you just bet every money line favorite over whatever, like laid the money line on over minus 300. And it's like, this has been the most profitable year in the last five years of just betting straight up money line favorites by like a lot. Like it's like, you'd be up like 3000 right now, just by betting like to win a hundred dollars on every money line favorite, uh, like big money line favorite, uh, which is nuts. uh, Because we just haven't seen any upsets. So tell my wife we're going to take some money. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to put 10 grand on the Bengals. Don't look at the bank account for a couple of weeks, okay? (laughs) But the the Bengals are just so much better than the Jets in every, like, aspect. I just don't – it's tough for me to consider the Jets at anything less than 14. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Bengals here too. And, um, you know, obviously – you know, you're watching it climb up at nine and a half. You're like, all right, all right. That's now we're talking 10 and a half. Clear, you know, clearly a, uh, you know, a big number, but I don't think that the Bengals defense is the type of unit that is going to let a team like the Jets with a backup quarterback, no real run game, no offensive line. Um, you know, nothing on offense, quite frankly. Uh, they, they're not a team that's going to storm through the back door. They kind of, again, like there's a lot of these teams out there where, you know, Houston, the Jets, you know, it, it's not like, oh, we had you know, like Philly, you know, they're, they're like, all right, we, you know, we'll start running hurts a bunch and, and chunking it down the field to our speedy wide receivers who are talented first round picks. The Jets and the, in the, in the Texans don't have any of that. So they can't come back, you know, like maybe with Tyrod Taylor or even Zach Wilson, a little more life, but these backup quarterbacks, I don't think it can happen. And, you know, the, the, the pressure is in, is like you say, in, in where you want it to be, but this defense looks really good. Mm-hmm. And the offense ranks low in DVOA and, but it, it, in EPA per play, they're up there. And the Jets secondary is trash. And so, I mean, I mean, these wide receivers and Joe Burrow, if he gets any protection whatsoever, he's going to be able to pass it all day on them. I just, I don't, the only concern would be like the emotional letdown for a team third, you know, third road game coming off this huge win where you think you've established themselves. You know, can they get a sort of a lackadaisical win? You know, will they truly come out and be dominant or will it be lackadaisical, et cetera, et cetera? No, that's a good point. Yeah. You can see a cruise to, you know, 21-14 or something like that where they they win, but they don't blow them out of the water. The problem is with the Jets, too, like, they've sucked for years now, but they've also always been really good against the run. They're terrible against the run this year, yeah. too. Like, they don't have any, like, pillar that holds them up. And it was a good spot for Mixon. He was – his usage was very minimal last week in the second half because they didn't have to use him. He barely played in the fourth, which is wild. We would have never thought that going into that game. So could be a really nice spot for him in the nice advantageous game scripts. I think Jamar Chase is good. I think we can comfortably say that. Um, 
They yeah. are giving up a ton of big plays, and there's just no way that streak stops this week. Like they're going to get one here for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's hard not to like the Bengals. It's really hard to back the Jets here at ten and a half, even though we know the best of the number is way gone. Uh, it's again one of those situations where it's like, mm, I know it was three and a half. Well, I know it was nine and a half, but like, I don't know what I need to get to. To Connor's point, like maybe I need fourteen to get to the Jets. So I think you need fourteen at least. You need fourteen, and you need to not watch the game. That's one yeah. of those ones. Like, there's no shot in hell I'm watching that game holding that ticket. I mean, I'll, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, you just want to like have the scoreboard going and be like, all right, like let's. You, yeah, you, yeah. you definitely don't want to see like, um, you know, Scott Hanson cut in. He's like, uh, you know, um, he's like Robert Sala. He's use a challenge here, and uh, and he has overturned it. The Jets have a seven nothing lead. You're like, oh boy. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably not betting this aggressively. You certainly tease it. I think. Yeah, you can tease it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, next, Miami on the road against Buffalo. Buffalo laying 13 points. <laughs> uh, 49 and a half is the total. I've been talking about this game for months. Connor's probably annoyed um, at this spot. This is the earliest I've ever bet a game. I bet it before week one. <laughs> yes, guys, look at that picture on the, on the screen right there. That's that Connor <laughs> rocking a dolphin's hat. Dolphin's hat. Wait, wait, did you, yeah. you bet the Bills, right? Um, I bet the Bills. Connor, Connor bet the Bills and the Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. Oh man, yeah. It was. I mean, mistakes were made. You know, like I, 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 I bet, bet some good stuff. I've had my fair share of losers. This is. I'm holding the fat L right now. You know what? And, and it's okay. I'm, I'm willing to embrace it because <laughs> I'm riding like, on like, like all how, my other winning tickets. It's fine. I got Ryan at least like whispered, like whispered it, like the audience might not hear. Is it at least like um <laughs> like sixty to one or something? It's not like thirty five to one. Or I don't remember what it was. I had I had plenty of dolphins features um that you know are now burning. Um but I mean this is a, this is in I thought that they were probably due for a little bit of a I mean t- it didn't feel like to me that they were a ten win team again this year, but this regression is pretty outrageous. Yeah. yeah. Even I didn't think it'd be it'd be this for yeah. sure. So I mean clearly yeah, they didn't they give up their own pick to the Eagles and, and it's third overall, second overall, real, real tough scene. Yeah, yeah but I, I hit this before the season. I bet it again before week five. Bull times at Buffalo minus seven. Um Dolphins are on the wrong side of a rest advantage here in a massive, massive way, which is kind of driving the play for me. They not only elected to skip the post London bye, they had to face last week the, the Falcons coming off of a bye, and now they got to travel to Buffalo to face the Bills coming off of a bye. Like that starts to stack up, and I know sometimes that's baked into the number. I just don't think it was baked into the number as much. I was shorting the Dolphins. I wanted alt overs on the Bills. It was just kind of like this perfect coalescence of like touting, and anyway, I just wanted the Bills minus seven as much as I can get it. So it was 13, minus seven ahead. Ooh. Minus seven. Yeah, that's, minus seven in week week five when I took it again. So that's fantastic. Yeah, it was minus eleven in the look aheads last week, but again, like under two touchdowns. Like they've played, it's ninety one to twenty six the last two matchups here. Um, they and, just have absolutely shellacked them. And uh, let's not forget last year, going into the you know week seventeen, the Bills that were locked into the number two spot. They didn't. Did they? Did they play Josh Allen? Or they played him a little bit, I think. Right? They did. They played him in the first half. They yeah. played him for the first half, and then they brought in Matt Barkley. But like, I thought that everything the Bills did last year down the stretch, going into Foxborough on Monday night and like pancaking the Patriots, and Destroyed then them. letting the Dolphins know you're not going to the playoffs, and we're going to be the ones who keep you out. Um, I thought that those were like very like I mean not like like alpha type. Like, listen, this division is ours now. We yeah. do do not. This adorable that you think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're going to steal this division or two. I was like, no, 
this this is this is our house now and Josh Allen you know also said or after the Titans game which you know tough loss for them he said you know we 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 don't really you know, we don't love losing a game we feel like you know we're going to the bye maybe we'll do what we did last year coming out of the bye which was not lose another game yeah and i i mean look the bills I have, I have the Bills over the Bills to win the AFC East and the Bills and the Bucks to win the AFC South NFC South excuse me and the Bills over win total I think I got it at ten and a half were my three oh. biggest bets uh, of the of the off season and I feel very confident about the Bills getting there even with the the two losses uh, before the bye this is a team that is just complete and Allen after that you know, slow start against Pittsburgh is just finding a groove I think he you know he's probably too short for an MVP bet but this this t- this is a team that's going to come out and and throw something on Miami I think. Yeah. So I, I'm on the Bills here. Yeah. I think it's by far the best team in the AFC right now even though again recency bias they lost the last game but like they were about to win and cover with you know if he catches his footing there things yeah. go very different. It was just even the the third down attempt which is just you know I love to see that he just got up in the air and and went for it like it's it's hard not to root for yeah. Josh Allen. Uh, Connor defend your Dolphins 13 points. I don't, I don't have much defense, but I, I will say that because you said that everything is coming together for the Bills, that the Dolphins are going to win outright. Um, I just hope you know that, that like, you know, shatter your dreams. Uh, I'm, not sure, and that, I'm not sure that's the, the I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> this is how this, this is how this works in this case. Tiny little hill he's going to die on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not betting this. I don't know. I've lost pretty much all hope. I can't even take any two of props. That's what I've been hanging my hat on lately is when, trying to win all my Dolphins futures money back on props. Uh, and this is not even that spot for that. Maybe, maybe Waddle receptions because he'll avoid Tre'Davious White, and will they'll probably have to throw a lot. That would be about it. Yeah. So it looks like the Dolph- the Dolphins are thirtieth in explosive pass rate. Uh oh. <laughs> in the Bills, like, what are the Bills ranking? I would, I'm sure that, number one in every like defensive stat. Everything you know, defensive. Defensive DVOA number one. Yeah, I was DVOA, about, yeah, yeah, number yeah. one. Well, I mean that's the thing about the Bills on defense is that. I think this is why people were sort of um, maybe not not down on them, but like weren't you know completely sold on them. Is that last last year their defense sort of randomly wasn't good after mm-hmm. they've been really good for Sean McDermott yep. for several years. Nothing changed. They just weren't as good. And maybe this is a weird COVID, you know, ra- like random thing that happened. I mean, this year their defense is elite, and it's it's come back. You know, came back a little bit in terms of like the, what is your, their DVO is like minus forty three or something ridiculous for a while there. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's come back a little bit, but clearly they're one of the best defenses in football. Miami's offense is, is isn't good and their defense isn't good this year either they're sort of having that regression really back yeah yeah the offensive line is terrible that's what you love about like buffalo too is they're multiple like they're deep they can rotate guys in they added edge rushers in the draft like their their safeties are both dynamic like it's a it's a damn good team i think they blow the doors off them here especially coming off of a bye i think they're ready to continue to will's point making that statement that this is this is our division and uh it was cute that you kind of tiptoed around us last year, but uh, we're going to make sure you stay down in the basement this year. You hang out with the Jets for a little bit. Uh, all right, next, uh, Pittsburgh on the road against the Browns. Browns, three-and-a-half-point favorites here at home. 42-and-a-half is the total. Um, not the most aesthetically pleasing game to watch on Thursday night, but an encouraging win for Cleveland, all things considered, especially rolling out the B team. Obviously, the extended rest here helps Nick Chubb. Looks like Chubb's back. Jack Conklin both trending in the right direction. We obviously, on Wednesday night as we record, don't have the actives inactives list, but they uh, look like they're heading in the right direction. Pittsburgh coming off a bye, but uh, a little bit of a rest advantage negated here with you know the mini buy for Cleveland. Will talk to me about the spot? Yeah, and I mean, really, this all comes down to are 
you know, are Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin going to be able to play? I didn't think Chubb, I mean, Chubb matters. I mean, he, you know, sure. to, to a certain degree, Dearness Johnson was great, you know, ran, destroyed the Broncos. The, the Dem- that Denver team, and we'll, and we'll talk about them obviously, but man, I think they might just be like a bottom five or six team. And, and, and we sort of got fooled by that early on in the, in the season. Yeah. Cleveland, it, Cleveland is still a really good team. You know, their losses have, well, I mean, what they are, what are Cleveland four and three right now? Is that right? Four and three? I think that's right. Yeah. So their losses are to the Chargers. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I was going to look down and Google it, but I figured I'd just take a random <laughs> stab at it. Um, their, their losses are the Charger, the Chiefs in week one when they had a big lead. Yep. They lost that crazy game against the Chargers. And then they got absolutely flattened by an undefeated Arizona team. They, they don't really have any bad losses. The only reason like you should be out on the, the Browns or worried about the Browns is that these injuries are just insane. They're just piling up and piling up. And sometimes that, that happens to good teams and good rosters, and they don't win a bunch of football games. But if they're starting to get a bunch of you know guys back and everyone's going to be healthy and they, can, and they have this 10 days to prepare for a massive game against a division opponent – uh, yeah, I think I like Cleveland in this spot. Uh, leaning that way too, Connor. What are your thoughts here? It's, it's a, this is another close one. I think they at three, I, could, I would definitely be on Cleveland three and a half. It's a little bit tough. I, I mean, I know that they're a better roster. Keenum looks pretty good, you know, even if that is who ends up playing. Maybe I know Mayfield's been practicing, um, you know, some capacity. It looks like he'll probably play, but I'm not sure. I mean, Steelers defense still is pretty good, ninth in DVOA. So I think it's close. I think three, three and a half is about right. Three, I would take. I would take a position on the Browns. Yeah, I think that we're going to go to the four before we go back to three. To be honest, the way it looks like some juice is moving at certain books. Um, it was really interesting. They ran a ton of play action last week, like more than double what they typically do with Baker. I wonder if that was just to protect Keenum or to try to make things a little bit easier for Darius Johnston. I mean, it worked. So, like, why not continue to run forty-four percent play action with Baker? Like, Baker needs just as much help. Uh, especially with that pass catching core as, as Case Keenum did. So I think that also maybe helps a little bit to negate the pressure advantage. Like Pittsburgh's defense has obviously regressed from what we thought they were early in the season last year, but they still are getting a crap ton of pressure. That makes things a little bit easier, especially if there are offensive line questions for the Browns. So uh, Cleveland Rundy has been excellent top four in both rushing DVOA and success rates. I think they are also allowing the lowest rate of explosive runs too. So could be a tough day for Najee on the ground. I think we see a, peppering of Deontay Johnson is kind of an extension of that run game. You know, obviously a condensed 42 target. pass attempts to Najee. Again, yeah. Yeah. Well, Najee and Deontay with like a, you know, two and a half air yards, uh, one and a half <laughs> release, one and a half release seconds for, uh, for Roethlisberger, just getting it out. That's what's, you know, someone telling me that the other day, they're like, Oh, look at Pittsburgh. We talked about their offensive line. Like they're allowing barely any pressure. I'm like, he doesn't hold the ball at all. Like no one has time to get pressure because he's just, he's catching the shotgun snap and getting rid of it. Like it doesn't count. Like there's no real way to measure what's going on there right now. That offensive line I think is bad. So, but yeah, I, I'm going to be in on some Deontay overs, uh, especially in receptions. If we can get us maybe a five and a half or something like that. Cause I think he's going to be pretty heavily involved uh, as they struggle to run the, the football here. So um, yeah, but I'm, I'm with you, Connor. I get the, the hook being a problem, but I think we're going to get four before we get to, to three. So yeah, Give me the Browns. All right. So next, San Francisco on the road in Chicago. Chicago's three and a half point dogs at home. 39 and a half is the total in this beautiful football game. Uh, Niners haven't won since week two, but they are three and a half point road favorites. That tells you all you need to know about this iteration of the Chicago Bears. Um, 
sometimes the marketing material writes itself here. Tough conditions for the <laughs> Niners on Sunday nights. Uh, they did not play well. It's clear that they're limited offensively with Jimmy G. I don't know if you guys saw like the reps today with Trey Lance. Like he does not look like he is dealing with a sore knee. He looks. He looks like he's just not good. Or just like, not spry. Ready? Like he looks ready. Like I, I don't. I don't know. Like I, no, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, like did it, is it? So you're suggesting that? Are you suggesting that the the injury is? Kind of a cover up to keep him out or cover up is a way to like, Hey, we need to get you some more practice reps and figure this out. Cause the, the video I saw today was not a dude that's coming off of a, a sprained knee that caused you to miss some time. Well, it's interesting too, because now there's like stuff coming out in the athletic or like, this is, I mean, this is how this business works, right? Like if you have a team that's a, po- a popular pick to go, to make a deep run and they struggle out of the gates, you're going to get these articles, you know, I, I didn't see who wrote it, but uh, Ryan Wilson has been burying the 49ers on the pod on our podcast. And he's sending it to me. He's like, he's like, Oh, look at this. Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, who, where does the blame go? Is it Shanahan? Is it time for him to lose personnel control? Well, or, you know, it was a mailbag, athletic mailbag. So I was like, you know, is Shanny going to lose personnel control? They're like, well, he has 53 man control and Lynch has 90 man, you know, 90 man roster. It's like, so, you know, there's some a little bit of infighting and awkwardness, and like some people believe that maybe Shanahan really did want Mac Jones, and he's sort of looking over at New England, going like, "If I had Mac right now, because I feel like Mac would be pretty good. They'd be good. Like they'd be good with Mac, play right? action. And, oh yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be a great nice offensive line, good run game, and he makes smart decisions. Because I mean, Jimmy G has got these dudes are running wide open out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like they. I mean, and I don't know. Th- this game is tough though because. Chicago's got a good defense, except now Khalil Mack is out. Yep. Is Akeem Hicks out for this game too? If they said we maybe, but he's, yeah, definitely on the, he's definitely on the injury report. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Like if, if 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 Hicks and Mack are out, San Francisco should truck stick these guys in the run game and just put enough pressure on Fields or Andy Dalton where they just can't come back. But man, I mean, I, I mean, in a game that's thirty nine and a half, and the home team that's got a good defense is getting three and a half. I mean, I I'm tempted to take Chicago, but it feels like a Stupid decision. Yeah, it'd be another one you wouldn't want to watch. Uh, right, Connor. I teased it earlier. You know, prop shows on Friday, but uh, he had some early prop action here in this spot. And uh, talk to us about this one. Yeah, Will. You know, Will kind of talked about it a little bit here. I, I took Elijah Mitchell over uh, sixty-nine and a half rushing yards, um, and I also took him to lead all rushers in rushing yards this weekend at thirty-seven to one. Ooh, um, I like that. We have him projected for 22 carries and 100 yards at 4 for 4 uh, which just seems aggressive, but he handled 18 of 21 touches last week in a game where they lost by 12. And, and that was against, you know, whatever, the number one rushing defense at DVOA. Now they're playing against the Bears defense, which got just destroyed on the ground last week without Akeem Hicks. And now they're going to be without Khalil Mack and probably Akeem Hicks. And in a game where, I mean, the Bears offense is not going to put enough pressure on the 49ers to make them, like, have to open it up or anything. So, I mean, it's just going to be – I could see 20 to 25 Elijah Mitchell carries that are relatively efficient against a bad defense. Um, I thought that, you know, the number seems high considering it's, you know, a six-round pick, you know, some nobody relatively. But I don't think it is. You know, I think it's it's still low. So, I, I think that – Did you give Trey Sermon a snap last week? Literally, oh, yeah, didn't play. It was active and, like, didn't play. And Jamichael Hasty was all just like long down the, the three distance. carries. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm so, carries. so tilted on the Trey Sermon stuff. I am. I am in the. I'm in whatever Connor's in with the Dolphins. I'm there like three times with Trey Sermon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 getting it's getting it's it's gone. Like all the the it's it's over and it's expensive. I mean, yeah. like it's, it was a lot of a lot of Trey Sermon love, but like the Shanahan's are notorious. They've made. 
six round picks out of dust on uh, the things in the league for decade plus, you know, b- before Connor was uh, able to even sit up on his own and watch football, you know, <laughs> his daddy was making, you know, Orlando's Gary a thing. And uh, you know, these things have been happening for, for years. Mike Anderson, uh, Will and I remember. Uh, yeah, of course. Were, uh, wait, who's the, um, was Gary with the, who's the Marine? Oh, the, oh no, Mike Anderson was the Marine, wasn't he? Mike, Mike Anderson was a Marine. I think he was. There's one more where it's like, there's a bunch of them in there, man. There's some some names from the past. Uh, there's I'm, I'm gonna find out. What, there's one more. Who are you even talking about? Like literally, these Bronco running backs for years, yeah. like that. They you know the Shanahan just made, you know, after Terrell Davis, uh, they just like, threw new bodies every year into the maybe system. What, maybe it was just Mike. Maybe Mike Anderson was the 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 vet, the. Oh yeah, it was Mike Anderson who was the military guy. And then Olandis Gary was the other one. Yeah, and it's just like ridiculous names. Like these yeah. guys were just. Um, and then, uh, God, one year they almost had, um, who was the guy? Was it Mike Bell? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Bell, who yeah. was like, I mean, I definitely overdrafted in fantasy. Like this guy's going to have 2000 yards. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yes. Yeah. So the, like the Elijah Mitchell thing, who cares? Like if he's, if Trey Sermon is getting as many carries as I am. Ruben Jones. Ruben Jones. He was terrible. Yeah. He was actually, he was terrible at football, but he was productive in, in Denver. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. And Ruben Jones went on to, to, Cleveland, I think, and did nothing. Correct. For did nothing. Yeah. 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 Uh, good times. But yeah, I, I'm in on the Mitchell thing. I got it at 68 and a half, I think, uh, right? A, a yard lower. So, like, it, I don't know why I'm moving the other way, but like, I'm fine with it too. It's it's right there. Um, Hicks, Hicks is Hicks is legitimately like the linchpin for that run defense. Agreed. Mm-hmm. If you pull him out, it's it, if they crater. And so th- that will, I would say that the Hicks injury may even determine my, my, pick, my, my pick on this game. I wouldn't bet this game with your money. Yeah, um, it was good to see Khalil Herbert look good too. Um, you know, he ran well against Tampa, a team that just doesn't give it up on the ground, and he dominated the work. Seventy-seven percent of the snaps, eighty-two percent of the carries. Like, I don't know that you know Damian is really anything at this point, and maybe Khalil carves out a role moving forward. I don't know that I want to go back to the well there, as far as any props with Khalil. But uh, his offense is just abysmal. There's no snaps. They're playing slow. They're trying to hide fields and it's it's a tough tough watch i don't know like i don't want to get down on the kid because i still look good and it's not it's not all it's not all um uh uh matt nagy you know like it's and and look i mean you know for as much crap as we give matt nagy too it's like i mean he did tell us over and over again in the preseason like we're we don't want to start fields and and you know and he 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 doesn't look wrong right now i mean even, even that touchdown in the packers game to darnell mooney Mooney is open for like six seconds before and it's like, there's no one near him before fields yeah. is like, he's like, it feels like looking at him. He's like, should I throw? And finally he just fires it. And I, that was like, it was weird because it was a touchdown. And it was a red flag for me. Yeah. I mean, fields process the game right now. Like he's like, you know, ripped out of his mind. Like he's just like stoned. Like he's just like a <laughs> step slower than everything, everyone else. And look, that offensive line, it's not fair. You know, like that's, you can't, I mean, that offensive line is horrendous and you can't yeah. throw those tackles or disaster. You can't throw a rookie who's used to playing for Ohio State, you know, against that competition with that, with those people around him into that and expect it to work really well. Yeah. You're dealing with third stringers on a yeah. bad offensive line to start. So like that is not a good, a good place to be whatsoever. So. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that one. But uh, move on to the next one. This is a good game. Tennessee on the road against the Colts. Colts laying one at home. 51 is the total. Uh, one of the better, at least one of the more important matchups on the slate this week. Uh, AFC upside down right now. And this does still feel kind of like a one-ticket playoff division. 
And obviously the winner of this matchup here is going to go a long way of having uh, a little leg up on that as we get going. Tennessee, obviously winners of three straight coming and riding high back-to-back big home wins against the bills and chiefs Colts made it through really the meat of their schedule, really tough schedule to start and uh, really playing some of their best football right now. They've won three or four only loss was that Monday nighter against the Ravens that they absolutely gave away. Will, what are your thoughts in this matchup? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been anti Colts and pro Titans since the since Jump Street. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm anti Wentz in a, in a big way. I, I I'm not. I'm just out on Wentz. Like I, I don't I don't like I don't love the way he plays and uh, you know the, the whole like. Then get out of Philly. <laughs> I demand to go to Indy. It's like oh, come on, bro. like this is weak. Like you played like B. Um, that being said, he's been pretty good the last few weeks. Like he's actually looked better and more comfortable and, um, you know, he's, he is, he is making plays and Tennessee's defense we think isn't good, but maybe is kind of okay. I mean, they held the Chiefs to three points. Like something's, something's happening there. And I, it's a decimated secondary. Yeah, with it, yeah, yeah. The secondary is yeah. not great, but like they can get, they got some pass rush. Like Jeffrey Simmons is a stud, Bud Dupree's playing all right. I mean, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not, you know, what they paid for, and he's you know, certainly would you prefer to have TJ Watt across from him? But I, I like the Titans in this spot. You know, I think it's a team that's getting hot. Mike Vrabel is a to me an underrated coach, just in terms of being a combination of tactician. I don't think he's like an overly great in game manager, but I think he motivates his players, and all his players want to play hard for him. Um, and they're finally, you know, AJ Brown finally over this you know Chipotle business, and he's he's starting to play well. And when he gets going, and you know, I know they can, you know. Look, if, if the if the Colts lock down Derrick Henry, that's certainly a problem. I, I just I think Tennessee's just the better team here, and I'm going to take the Titans. Connor, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. My my biggest issue is that like just the way that these teams match up. Indianapolis right now number one in run DVOA. Yeah. Um. So like, you know, I, I just don't really know that Tennessee is going to be like, oh, well, you know, we should probably just like maybe skew pass heavier in this game, and like you know, just have plenty of success. Like I'm worried that maybe they get hung up too much, just kind of trying to jam Henry. Uh, and like, it keeps the game just like neck and neck uh, because I do think that the Titans are a better team. Um, but both teams, I mean, the Colts have been playing much better than we, I thought we were also, you know, fading the Colts pretty heavily early on in the season, you know, fairly successfully. It works. Um, but it seems like that offense has turned a little bit of a switch. Um, you know, like just their, their play calling once is playing a little better. Um, just everything is clicking more and then, but I, on the other hand, the Titans passing game has looked awesome, you know, with A.J. Brown, as you mentioned, coming to life. So for me, I keep going back and forth. I would lean Titans because I think they're the better team. And I think that, you know, even if they don't naturally get there, uh, you know, to passing the ball more, I think that they will have to get there eventually and have plenty of success. So um, probably lean Titans. The A.J. Brown utilization the last couple of weeks has been awesome. And it's a great spot against, a, 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 I guess, a pass funnel team as you laid out. Decimated secondary. Bad secondary, yeah. I mean, even again, this is another unit that was bad to start the season, and now it was basically Xavier Rhodes who somehow pieced together his first good year in three years last year, and now he's either in the blue tent, walking back to the tunnel, or is occasionally on the field for plays and and getting torched. So, yeah, I mean, Brown saw 36% – target on 36% of his routes last week. That's nuts. 14 air yards uh, per target – He's seen 48 and 50, 57% of the team's air yards the past two weeks. I mean, that's like Devontae Adams level stuff here in a great matchup. So, yeah, even if, like Connor said, if they don't get too tied into pounding Henry 25, 30 times, then I think that the Titans have some some room here to operate. I like a Titans team total. It's like 25. Ooh. Like, 
you get maybe an over, over 25, I think makes a lot of sense here. We're working around some key numbers, you know, under 27 here, I think is a, is a pretty nice spot for them. So um, kind of a coin flip game though, but I would lean that way. Same thing. Michael Pittman should eat too. Um, the oh, yeah, are, point. yeah. Tannehill. I mean, the fear, I mean, I wonder if people like in DFS, I mean, a Tannehill, um, AJ Brown, Michael Pittman stack is not a terrible idea. Even Wentz Pittman, uh, AJ, bring AJ Brown back. Yeah, yeah. The, the only concern is that these two teams, the Colts are not exactly like a high flying offense per sure. se. And I could see them trying to come in and pound Jonathan Taylor too. And, and, and then all of a sudden this game is like not, you know, yeah, it, it, there's a chance that like this, you know, sometimes you get these games where like it's usually the Vikings where it happens where like these slow methodical teams drag somebody else into this unexpected shootout. This this could have that feel to it. Maybe I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's true though, and we see this historically with the second time in the division too. Those tend to be lower scoring contests, yeah. and we have that instance here. So, yeah, good call, good call for sure. Uh, watch that one closely. All right, then uh, next one: Rams on the road against the Texans. Texans catching fourteen and a half at home. Forty eight is the total. This is the fourth time that the Texans are double digit dogs. Likely not the last. Uh, they are now own three against the number in these spots, kind of like Will talked about at the beginning. They are unable to uh, come through the back door. Maybe that changes with Tyrod. We don't know his status for this one. He's set to return soon. You know, there's a chance. I guess he practiced in a limited fashion today. Maybe we see him since for the first time since week two, but this is just a bad football team, even with Tyrod. Um, the Rams continue to get a really light schedule, Will. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, no Tyrod Taylor is a bet on the Rams probably at 14 and a half, or, or at least I'm picking the Rams against the spread for, for the site. Uh, you know, if they have Tyrod Taylor, I'm a little bit worried about it. I mean, I, I assume you guys saw that, that, uh, uh, Brandon Cook's tweet on, uh, on Wednesday afternoon immediately Man. following the market. The market was traded to the Saints, and he's just like, what is this bleep? Like this, you know, it, yeah. it was basically like, like, please trade me too, or I, mean, I don't know. Like, he, you can tell he's just miserable and, I don't blame them. I mean, th- this would be a tough team to play for. You know, you're not, this team's not going anywhere. You know, you're basically playing for a trade. Um, I, the, the only thing is I, I sort of wonder, would the Rams potentially come in here knowing they have, uh, I believe the Titans at home next week and then the, at the 49ers before they're by, you know, is this a, uh, a spot similar to that, the Lions game last week where, you know, they sort of, I don't know. I think all last week I thought that game was in Detroit for some reason. But is, is there any chance that they go into Houston and and sort of just not, not go through the motions, but not keep their foot on the gas? You know, if because if they keep their foot on the gas, they can do whatever they want against this Texas team. Like Matthew Stafford, and and they they smoked the Giants. What uh, what was it? Thirty eight eleven. That it was a garbage time touchdown for the Giants too. It was like thirty one three, and Stafford still throwing in the end zone. So I I, I don't know, man. I feel like. I feel like th- this team is going to put up 30-plus points against the Texans really pretty easily. The question is, can the Texans score 17? And, right. and I'm, not in, I'm not confident about it without, uh, without, um, without Tyrod Taylor in there. This is where I got caught last week. I was worried about both Green Bay and Arizona looking ahead to their Thursday night matchup. Me too, me too. And they just and they didn't. It didn't matter. The Texans had they had nothing. They didn't. didn't. Exactly. And Washington couldn't get out of their own way. And Green Bay tried to give them a little bit. Washington of Washington should have covered that game. They did. They should have. Yeah. Yeah. That was painful. Texans yeah. should not have covered. No. No. Five point lead, but uh, it wasn't enough to hold on. Connor, what are your thoughts here? Uh, the 
I, I think that they laid on them. I, I just like, you know, this is a great bounce back spot for Daryl Henderson too, um, you know, against this bad Houston run defense. If Tyrod plays, I'll probably play the over. I think that, you know, they're interesting enough to at least score 17 points. And I think that the Rams themselves can score 40 plus, as you mentioned. So, um, yeah, I would, I would lean towards the over if that's the case. And I mean, it's kind of a gross over, but, um, you know, the matchup is good. And I think that the Texans would be live enough with Tyrod. And by the way, by the way, I, I feel like the the whole I don't I feel like everybody's on the Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup, uh, and I actually I've been stacking Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson, which is a uh, you know kind of like it was all involved, the touchdowns. Yeah, well, it's like you yeah, and um, one they involve Henderson in the pass game some, mm-hmm. and then two is like if the if the Rams are up huge, you know you know normally you're you're getting you know you're losing points because your passing game isn't happening and they're just keep feeding, you know, feed Henderson. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- I'm sure that'll be more popular here given the, ma- given the matchup, but I, I don't, I don't hate that either. We saw it in the giants game. I think you referenced it earlier. Like they were up by like 28 late and like Cooper <laughs> cup, another receiving touchdown. It's like, right. man, just hand the ball off. Uh, right. It was a bad box score for Hendo. Like Connor said, it's a nice bounce back spot. I mean, Eighty-eight percent of the snaps, seventy-nine percent of the carries targeted to Will's point on twenty-one percent of his routes. Like that is incredible running back usage nowadays, and it just didn't happen. But like this is a spot for it to happen, and I know like we're on the wrong side of some key numbers here with the Rams team total, but like I don't see how they don't get to thirty-four, thirty-five yeah. in this spot. Like just especially after kind of stumbling last week a little bit, like they weren't crisp. This is this Texas team is just ready to if, roll if over. They don't if they don't score. I mean, 28 points would be kind of shocking for them. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Even 31, I feel like, is like, oh, what'd you, what'd you do? Like, you, you punted four times? Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Next, we have the uh, Patriots on the road against the Chargers. Uh, Chargers laying six at home. 49 is the total. The Chargers kind of limped into the bye week. Really poor showing on the road against Baltimore. Analytics Twitter absolutely drooling all over itself this week when Brandon Staley said that the Chargers would spend the bye week self-scouting to find their weaknesses. Um, I think we know that Stanley gets it. Uh, oh, I think we know. Uh, we, yeah. all, we all love Staley. He gets it. He is ahead of the curve. Um, but, like, wh- why are we pretending this is the first coach to ever self, like self-scout? Um, I, I think it's more about, like, the fact that the way he says this stuff in the videos, it's, it's very um, – it's just very – clear like he's he's very he gets the message across and he sounds very earnest doing it like yeah like nobody thinks he's the first guy to what was the first one he did that blew people's minds or something it was like there's something that he said it was like he said everybody's like oh like here's and like i mean like i tweeted one out there it was like here's our king and it was like <laughs> like, like, like it's not, and people were like you, you don't think other coaches know this it's like no nah, i know other coaches know this but like they're not like they don't ever say it and in, in like in a very like get it out there kind of way uh, that, said, say that was great was was like it was specific it was i we keep putting ourselves in uh bad positions on third down and justin keeps bailing us out and we can't keep doing that because it's unsustainable we don't want to even get to third down so we have to find a way to be better on first and second down and i think that is a difference because a lot of coaches don't think that way they aren't th- just hey we'll just get to third down and we'll figure it out but like he knows I don't want to get there. And that is really what their problem has been. And that was a massive problem against the Ravens. If they can figure that out here over the bye, that'll be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see how they approach their run defense because they have been very intentional about light boxes and letting you run all over it because that's how they know they want to let you get to third down. They'll let you get to third and four 
after you know handing off the ball twice and see if you're going to make mistakes, see if you can be efficient. But uh, six, Will, what are your thoughts here? I think I'm taking the Patriots here. It might be a best bet too. Uh, I know the Chargers off a bye. Brady Steele is a great coach. Bill Belichick still a great coach too. And I, I realize that the results are not perfect for the for the Patriots, but I, I really think you can look at the last year and a half and say, all right, you know, and, and you can do this for anybody, but. You know, the Patriots had a couple games, you know, whether it's the Seahawks last year when Cam stuffed at the goal line or, you know, earlier this year, the, the Cowboys game, you know, Dolphins they, game, Dolphins game. They could, they could have or should have won both of those games. And I know the Cowboys outplayed them, whatever, but you know, they went to overtime, et cetera. And when you talk about that, the, the run thing, right, you know, it's when you look at it like that, they are a run funnel. They, mm-hmm. they are going to let you run and the Patriots want to run. I, 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 the Ravens game was a bad match. In, in hindsight, the Ravens were obvious because the Ravens were just a bad matchup for the the, the uh, for the Chargers. And I think the, the case might be true that the Patriots are a bad matchup for them too. Belichick had, gave a uh, Herbert had an awful game against Belichick last year, and you know maybe that changes this time around. But it, this is a coach who can still throw a bunch of junk at defenses and make you really think and make you have to make smart decisions and process at the line of scrimmage. And even with the bye week, I don't, I don't think that that necessarily gives them an advantage. I, I like the Patriots to keep it close. Maybe ball the upset. The the under here is a very interesting look too, because 49 is a lot for a run funnel, Brandon Staley and a Belichick team that, that is run heavy and does not really want to get in a shootout. There is nothing about New England that's predictive from, week to week, other than they're going to game plan for that opponent. It is yep. everything they've done historically, and I think it's even magnified this year with with how they're doing with Mac Jones. I'm with you. 49 is too many. Like They will drag that game down to the muck to you know three seconds and tuck it in Damian Harris's belly over and over again. The Chargers give you a ton in the short passing game. They've been really bad against tight ends. They're 30th in pass DVOA to the tight end position. Nice little Hunter Henry revenge game. I think he eats. They're giving up 76 and a half yards per game to tight ends. Um, we've started to see Jonu Smith kind of come alive in the last couple of weeks. We've seen his snap share go up a lot too. I just, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of plays in this game if New England has its way. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I agree with all of what you're saying because I think they're going to game plan specifically to run the ball, which is their clear weakness. And that's probably going to go well, you know, barring a, an adjustment from the Chargers, which, if they didn't adjust against Baltimore, I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of like a stretch that they're going to adjust that much against the Patriots. I guess my only concern about this Patriots team is, you know, are they good um, or even like average? Uh, I mean, right now, I know that, you know, like I try really try not to be too results oriented, but, you know, they've beaten the Jets twice and the Texans. Yep. And that's it. That's it. Um, and the Chargers are a significant step up from that. I know that I'm with the Cowboys. I know that they probably should have beaten the Dolphins, you know, hashtag my Dolphins. Um, and, but I mean, the reality is like, they haven't proven us anything. Like they've proven us literally nothing. Uh, and so, you know, this is a massive proven spot for them. So I, I, for me, it's a little bit of a stay away, even though I think that they can hang tight. Uh, I think that there are some, there are some concerns where if the chargers, I mean, what if, if what if the chargers get up, you know, like by 10 points, um, you know, are the Patriots really going to be able to come back through just repeatedly running the ball the entire game? I don't know if they can. So I think that there are a little, a few outs here for the the Chargers, but I would, I would, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the Patriots. I think it's fair. They, you know, they beat the Jets twice and the Texans. They did play a nice game, slowed down Tom Brady in that offense. That is not really. I know the weather was an issue, and there's you know probably some things we can't measure as far as emotions and things like that for Brady that were impactful for that game. Um, and they 
did get dominated from like a net yards per play standpoint against the Cowboys, but like they gave that one away. They had that, they were up that, that interception late with Diggs. that pick six flipped it. Um, you know, the saints, same thing, pick six, first play of the third quarter kind of flipped that game. So I think your points are fair, but um, I think my favorite play though, here is the under to Will's point. Like yeah. we are kind of on the right side of some key numbers as well. If we're looking to get an under, is this one kind of steams up closer to 50, you know, under, 48 under 47 really becomes pretty massive in, in the total game. So I think that's kind of the spot to be also well, could be a really nice spot for Keenan Allen. Uh, I think he's going to eat in the slot against the Pats. Yeah. And, and I, maybe the total is inflated because the Pats have, we've seen uh 64 and 67 points scored in the last two Pats games, but you know, that's a Cowboys game in overtime yeah. uh, and a, um, and a, you know, 50 burger on the jets is like, that's all that was. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't really count. Yeah, surprisingly, the Pats fifth in explosive pass rate. That is surprising. I'm Do they just have some explode? <laughs> they just have some explode. The Braves just botched two double plays. That's that's fun. That's fun. Killing us. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I I think I like the, I probably like the under better than the Pats just because I, I think Connor's point is correct. Like. If the Pats get down, do we trust them to storm back against a good Chargers secondary? Probably not. And if the Chargers get that lead, or if the Patriots get that lead, I think you see two teams that get just gr- grind mode and and just chew up clock. Yeah, that's a good point. Would be a good game, though. Hopefully, to Connor's point, uh, Pats can prove it a little bit in this spot here. Our next Jacksonville on the road against Seattle. Seattle uh, laying three and a half at home. 43 and a half is the total. These two clubs absolutely love going under the total so far. Uh, 43 and a half is a pretty low threshold. But uh, yeah, to no one's surprise, the Seahawks are just not the same with Geno Smith under center. I've uh, really been just floated by this ungodly Russell Wilson uh, efficiency for years. And now that's just kind of crumbling all at once. Um, Seattle lost three straight now at home. It's just not something as it happens since Connor's been alive. I don't think it's 20, <laughs> 29 years though. Right. That's true. That is oh, that's true. Oh, wow. Right. Is it 29 years? 29 years. Oh, then. Yeah. yeah. So I, they wasn't were in, even, I wasn't even in the womb. Weren't, <laughs> weren't even in the womb. <laughs> that's so, wild. It's a long time. So uh, back when they were still in the silver dome. So uh, Jacksonville coming off a bye. It's a long flight, but coming off a bye is nice. They're coming off of their first win of the season will out in London against Connor's dolphins. What are your thoughts here? Yeah. You know, the, uh, the under is probably a pretty good look and 43 and a half is, is not many, but yeah. you know, urban Meyer in his quest for 250 rushing yards per game <laughs> um, has actually run the ball a ton. And they're, I think they're second in run. Really well. Yeah. They've been awesome. And yeah, they're actually a good run team. I, I, I would anticipate that he'd like to prevent it as much. You don't want to expose Trevor Lawrence. I think he likes to keep Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't want Trevor Lawrence to 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 have to throw forty or fifty times. Like it's just it's not an it's not efficient or effective way. And he's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Seattle is going to run as much clock as humanly possible in this game. Like Pete Carroll is not going to do what Dan Campbell does. He wants to find a way to sneak out with a win here and then hoping to get Russell back after the bye. Yeah, no interest in coming in and like. Bombs down the field. You know, that DK Metcalf was that, that play was kind of a, a fluke anyway. You know, we had guys slipping. It's going to be a little chilly up there, 55 degrees. Uh, it looks like on game day, but, but perfectly sunny. You won't have any crazy weather. Um, I, I just don't, I mean, I don't like, I think I'll take Seattle, but I just don't 
I mean, this game is just gross, and I, and I don't, I don't, I don't love either team. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's got the better quarterback. That's without a doubt. Yeah, I, I do think you're making a good point. Like, um, and Pat Thorman and ETR laid this out too. Like, Jacksonville was playing at a breakneck pace, um, regardless of game state for the first three weeks, and it didn't go well. So, I think they've kind of dialed in the reins a little bit. They're playing a lot more conservative. They're running more. I think they realize, hey, maybe we do have something here with. with James Robinson, their offensive line has been pretty decent. Like adjusted line yards offensively has been really nice. And they just haven't had many game states where they can really lean on the run. This might be one of those spots. But again, that all leads to an under. Uh, Connor, yeah. what are your thoughts here? The um, It's interesting about the Seattle D right now. So they are uh, 11th in run DVOA, but 25th in pass DVOA. So, you know, it would be better for the Jaguars to, you know, pass a little bit more, but I'm sure, I mean, there's just no chance that Urban Meyer cares about any of that. So, you know, like, I mean, they're going to run the ball and probably not be very successful with it. So I guess that's my biggest issue, but I do think that, I mean, the passing game has looked better. I mean, since the Cincinnati game, they've looked a little bit more competent. Uh, You know, Lawrence has been more efficient, but um, I mean, part of that I think does play into kind of keeping his role a little bit, you know, tighter um, per se. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, betting on these types of games is really hard for me because it's just these these backup type you know caliber players are so volatile, uh, and then when paired with guys like DK Metcalf who can you know moss a guy and then just burn everyone for eighty yards, even though Geno did like nothing on that play, it's just it's very volatile and tough to bet on. So for me, probably a stay away uh, or an under. I don't mind that. Yeah, the thing about the under is if you don't bet the under, it's definitely going to be like six to three in the late in the second quarter. You're like, and, and I'll be like, I talked on, on that show about betting this under, then I didn't bet it myself. And now yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> the I, worst. that happens way too often. Oh my us. gosh. That happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, I, was, I, I like, like that. I point. gave that under out of like five radio hit, like hits. And it's like, Ah! Yeah, nothing worse than, than like touting something and be like, dude, I didn't even win that much money on this. I'm like, what yeah. was I doing? Like, I was Do all I have all a ticket this. for that? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. You're like, you're like, yeah, this game's going way. Oh, my God. I didn't. And you're like, frantically looking to see you put it. You're like, no, I didn't put it in. Great, great, grand, wonderful. Yeah. Since Gino took over here, he is uh, their last in offensive success rate per play. Uh, only Fields, uh, Justin Fields, unfortunately, in Chicago, has a lower EPA per play. Uh, since Gino has been under center. So, yeah, very different look here. Um, if this was like – and it moved a little bit today, if you could get a Jags team total under 20, I might give that a look. Um, but, man, that's that's going to be uh, – that'll be a tough one. I want to I believe in the uh, the Jags and, and short the Seahawks anywhere I can until, until Russ comes back. All right, speaking of rough games, Washington on the road against the Broncos. It's a Broncos bad slate this week is it's a bad, terrible. It's it a bad, so bad slate. Yeah, last, I wonder if there's any chance we get a better because last week's slate was terrible too. It was awful. I think it almost like softened everyone up for this week because I was like going through some like I hate all of these games. Like these are like borderline all unwatchable. They're either yeah. huge favorites or just like two bad teams playing each other. Yep. Yep. Yeah, another forty-three point total here in uh, uh, in Colorado. It's gonna um, be a fat nap on Sunday. I'll watch the games later. See, <laughs> <laughs> uh, something's got to give. Bowl. Washington's lost three straight. Heads to Denver. Broncos lost four straight. Will talk to me about this one. Well, I mean, Washington. I don't know what's more surprising: the Bengals having a top five defense or Washington having a bottom five defense. Yeah. Like, if you told me those two things were like what what one's one's a truth, one's a lie, I probably would have. 
I don't think I would have believed that Washington would have a bottom five defense. No. I just don't. I just it would not have believed it. But I mean, they're they're right there. They're twenty eighth in DVOA, thirtieth in uh, in EPA per play, and thirty uh, first in yards per drive allowed. I think they're dead last in passing yards allowed, passing touchdowns allowed, third down conversion rates. I, I mean, they are a horrendous defense. But you know who's also terrible? The freaking uh, the Broncos are terrible. And I know that they they're better in you know the DVOA. They're they're way down there. And yeah, you know, I, I guess they're better in terms of you know yards and in EPA, but like they're not good, um, not good, not good. And I think I'm going to take Washington here only because I'm not sure that D- Denver should be favored against anybody. They're they got smoked by Cleveland with a two backup tackles, a third string running back, a backup quarterback, or one backup tackle, excuse me. I mean, just a litany of injuries. And they, they were getting blitz blasted. I think that the, the Washington can come in here and run against Denver with their, with their offensive line. And, you know, maybe Denver and Denver's not explosive enough down the field, although they may be getting Jerry Judy back for this one. Yeah. He looks That's, like he's coming yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, like they may be able to score points against Washington. Um, this actually might be an overplay, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I I really want to see what's going on. I, think with I actually Eddie. do like the over in this one. They, I mean, we could we I mean, like Washington can connect on some big plays down the field against this defense, and Denver can have do whatever it wants against this Washington secondary. So we'll get some shots to Judy or some or Corlton Sutton. Uh, yeah, I think the, I, I I would play the over in this one. I believe. Yeah, forty three is a good number for that. If you're looking to yep. get over, yeah, that works nicely. As bad as the Washington D has been, like they are still getting a top ten pressure rate, and the Broncos' offensive line has been treacherous yes uh and teddy looked bad like he looked hurt especially like right around halftime last week uh, be interested to see if he's trending if he looks a little bit better i mean drew lock doesn't instill all this extra confidence in you he probably feels you feel better about the un- the over with a drew lock game because not only is he going to degaff it down the field like the pick six is going right it's, yeah thump by uh, scoop scores all over the place yeah. shout out to the pick six podcast yeah, 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 yeah. The, the drew lock podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. connor any uh any leans here Dude, no. I mean, like, I, I tried to handicap this game for way too long, and I was just like, I got nothing. You know, like, it was just the, the offenses have played bad, the defenses have played bad, and like, I mean, I, I guess Will has probably broke down the best angles. I just don't, I don't know much to add. I don't, I couldn't find anything where I felt like convicted enough to like play anything. I'm not even sure why I was that enthusiastic about it all. Like, I, like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, you're an enthusiastic guy, Will. Yeah, I guess I am an enthusiastic guy. My wife thinks otherwise. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, 43 years old, it's not a big number. You know, I, I think most people would look at this game and think, ooh, this will be like a sloppy defense matchup. But these defenses are bad, and, and the offenses are not afraid. You have, you have play, like, Antonio Gibson can jailbreak one. Um, you know, we see Terry McLaurin, of course, is a massive threat down the field. And, uh, you know, the, the Broncos have no fan court inside. These guys, I mean, they, can, they can score some points in this one. Remember the first few weeks when Denver's defense was like top three in every metric and Denver's offense was like top three efficiency wise, like yeah. EPA giants, Jags and jets. I jets. Think. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll do it. They'll yeah. Do it. It's like the Panthers played the jets, uh, jets, saints. And, uh, and the saints was the weirdest team in football. It was a weird team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah, somebody yeah. else bad. Oh, the Texans. Oh, the Texans on that Thursday night. Yeah. Game. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, Carolina's elite defense. Yeah. <laughs> Broncos have had a ton of injuries. Like their whole linebacker core is basically out too. Sure, and that's, sure. you know, that's a, that's a problem. So, uh, all right. Speaking of the weird saints, they are five point dogs here at home against Tampa Bay. 50 and a half is the total to Will's point. I mean, I got no feel for the saints. I, I don't really think they're that good to be honest, but I, 
continue to kind of be surprised by their defense. They played really well without Quan Alexander and Marcus Davenport. Those guys are now back. They maybe are legit on that side of the ball. We know that these two teams are very familiar with each other. The uh, Bucks had a hard time with the Saints team last year. Um, interested to see what happens here. Will, what are your thoughts? This is this is kind of the saving grace for the because uh, this, this is a four p.m. game, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, is it? Yeah. I guess Fox must have the doubleheader, and it's we're this. Yeah. This is going to be Buck. Uh, is this where Joe Buck does the? Is he is he is he do like a like a sprinter van from New Orleans to Atlanta for the, for the World <laughs> yeah. Series? Remember when he did the, yeah, this, he, they they did the whole bit where he's he's jumping on the uh, he jumps on the trolley in San Francisco, goes from the Niners game to the, the, the Giants game or whatever it was. Um, yeah, look, this is this is this again. This is the saving grace uh, of the slate, but and it's it's crazy that the Saints would be five point dogs at home to to anybody really in, in the Sean Payton era. I, I don't know how you get in front of – oh, this is Halloween. Oh, man, Halloween in the Superdome in New Orleans. That's a, It's going to be a scene. It's going to be insane. It's going to be intense. Um, I did not put that in the cap earlier. Yeah, today. right, right, right. I, I, I mean, I'm, t- I'm, not, I'm not getting in front of Tom Brady. I just – I don't think I'm getting in front of Tom Brady in, in the in the box. I mean, you know, we, I don't know what we can take away from the Saints from, from that Monday night game. I mean, the weird weather, weird situation. They're really conservative. Uh, I would probably lean towards the over here because Tom Brady doesn't stop throwing the ball, and we see the Saints crank up their pass rate when they're trailing. And you know, if you got Jameis, could go, you know, could you know, DGA, Drew Lockett, either way, right? And um, <laughs> man, I don't know, five points is a lot on a on a, for a home dog in a division game. I just have I have trouble not like not taking Tom Brady here with the way that he's playing football feels like the square side, but I, I'm absolutely with you. Oh, it's like, definitely the square side. Yeah. Like Halloween at four o'clock prime game. Like, like every <laughs> every one of your friends is gonna be like, we're better we take a Tampa Bay, right? It's like yeah, yeah we yeah. are. Well maybe yeah. good to get it at five because maybe it goes to six, you know, and in the yeah. new NFL six is like becoming more common than seven. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, somebody needs to write an article about that by the way. I mean unless you guys did not I missed it. I didn't. Did no, no. No, I heard, like, like, I, I'd love to see the numbers. I, I, I had this sneaking suspicion, and I'm sure. I, I heard Warren Sharp talking about it last week on a, on a Ringer podcast. Okay, um, I, I think that it's it's like everybody's like, oh, seven's a key number. Well, it, you know, because it's like with all these two point conversions and and these you know the missed extra points. Like, yeah. I, I think it. I, I think we might be dealing with new key numbers, but we don't really know what they are per se. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know if there's an article, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll link you the the pod for sure. It was it was interesting to hear. But yeah, I mean, thirteen on the road against the Seahawks. Like, I know there was weather, but like, I don't know. There, there's fluky stuff here. They're thirtieth in yards per drive offensively, but they're first in touchdowns per red zone trip, and second in points per red zone trip. Like, I know that you had some of that in the like the short field stuff in that first game against Green Bay, where like they had pick sixes basically that were basically run back into like the ten, and then they threw touchdown passes. But like, that's just not sustainable. They're bad offensively. And they're even worse than we think that they are based on what's happening so far. And I think that the Bucks, even though that they won last year, there's some spite on the Bucks. Like there's a little like Larry David spite store stuff going on here. They had it last week. I was all over the Bucks. I've been, I've been, week. I've been blitzkrieging. I watched. I've, I've been watching Curve in Reverse over the last like five days. First of all, the new episode's awesome, fantastic. No episode. um, but I then I, re- I I watched that, and then Monday, Tuesday, I went back. Or no, Monday. I basically went back and watched all of season 10, like just, you know, just had it up in my office and you know, watching, doing work. And like, 
ran that, so, then I watched nine. Now I'm like downstairs. I've been downstairs watching eight leading up to the Braves game. Like it's unbelievable how good this show is. Um, so good. Holds up over time. Yeah. Me, me and Dave Damish, I was on Dave Damashek's podcast this week too. And we were, after we got to talking football for a bit, we were like, he's like, I don't know how we got on this, but he's like, if you could only pick one that you could watch for the rest of your life, would you go Curb or go Seinfeld? Curb. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Connor's like, what's Seinfeld? Oh. Well, <laughs> I, I, I do know what Seinfeld is, but do you I, know what, I, have you ever heard of a laugh track, Connor? <laughs> uh, no, maybe like, I, like, I like Friends. Friends is a good show. I mean, it's like, oh, you know, no, nice get show. out of here. Uh, wrong answer, Connor. Uh, no, I agree. I'll delete that. It's like, it's like you got, you I mean, have, it, it has no a laugh track, and, cussing, so. and it's funnier. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's like background television. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. My, 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 my old people television takes are going to be disqualified, so it's all right. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. wings. Right. Um. <laughs> wings. <laughs> all right. Uh, empty Nest. Did you like Empty Nest, Connor? Uh, Golden Girls? The back-to-back Empty Nest <laughs> Golden Girls back in the day? Magnum P.I.? Magnum P.I.? I love uh, that. All right. Talk to me about the uh, the Bucks saints Connor. Anything here? Um. I think that potentially like the New Orleans, you know, has leaned so heavily on the run um, that with Tampa Bay playing the way they are, and if they're able to get any kind of lead, like it's going to kind of play into Tampa Bay's hands even more because they're going to be forced to open the, the game up a little bit more, which is not good against a, I mean, Tampa Bay secondary is, is not bad, but I just still think that it's, it's, it's just not, not a good position to put James in just in general. Um, so I don't know. I think that potentially it could it could be a slow start for um, the Saints and then maybe some comeback mode uh, fun with Jameis, uh, you know, for better or worse. So I don't really know how to potentially attack that yet. Uh, I'm still kind of working through it. Uh, I do think that the pace could potentially be higher. As we mentioned, Pat Thorman wrote that up in his article, his uh, pace article, I think it could be one of those spots here. Maybe maybe some Jameis props on the line. Uh, I don't know, because those are just so low, like because they just never they never pass the ball unless they have to. And I think in this spot they're going to have to at least at some point. Nineteen targets for Alvin Kamara the last two uh, two weeks. Very nice for those of mm-hmm. us who uh, invested in him. You know, um, I think I was taking him third in, in like best ball, and then I just got I ended up with him. You know, like four, five, six range, a bunch of fantasy drafts. Uh, you know, I mean, like it, it, what a, he had twenty six carries for one hundred twenty yards and a loss to the Giants, and then no targets. For the first time in his career, no catches. And then they come back with eight targets and 11 targets. I I guess Sean Payton looked at it and was like, we need to get – this is an easier way. This is easier for Jameis. It's easier for Alvin than running straight into the line. Um, but you would think, especially against Tampa, you can't run against Tampa. You just can't do it. And so, I mean, you know, given that these two occurrences of the heavily targeted Kamara stuff happened on, on like on each side of a bye – it does seem specifically game planned. If you were talking about a coach like Sean Payton, oh, yeah. you know, he's not, this is not a random occurrence. And so I, I would assume that, that this will be a similar plan of attack. So Kamara over receiving yards and over receptions is probably a pretty good look here too. It's a nice spot. And you look, we've seen these two teams play twice a year last year, three times. We have a nice historical trend of, you know, seven, eight targets for yep. Kamara in these matchups. And it shouldn't lean even more over on that this year based on and, the trend, based on the way the scope of that offense, all those things. So, and, and game script shouldn't, there should be no game script where that the, the receptions are on your play because even if Tampa, even if New Orleans somehow had a 17 nothing lead, you know, you can't just pound the ball with Alvin Kamara against Vita Vea and crew and expect to just roll. I mean, they're going to, they would have to keep being a little more aggressive, I think. 
I was talking about Larry David because in, in the spite store, because there was spite last week with the, the Bears. Like they were mad that they got embarrassed in Chicago. They were talking about it in the post game and the Eagles game on the third. Oh, were they really? Before. Yeah. Um, Devin White was like, oh, I, didn't oh, I, hear can't, that. I can't wait. We got 10 days. They embarrassed us last year. Like I, I'm, the guys are excited. Yeah, who else embarrassed there. them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm thinking here. Like yeah, this is a team, even though they're fired up and they're, you know, defending Super Bowl champs, I think they want to get right. Like they, that was a bad game in their place last year. So I think that they show up here and are ready to go. And yeah. similar and to like I, we I, talked I, about the Bills, exactly they want to keep them down. No, I mean, I, absolutely. You look, this is, they don't, they play them again in week 15. But I mean, if you beat them here, this is, it's basically the division's over, you know? Uh, they yeah. have they have that one loss to the Rams and and what was the Rams Super Bowl and the other thing on the spite stuff is like this this is um, this is like the 2007 Patriots like this is what this team is doing they are but they don't have this like they don't have the motivation of Spygate and they don't have the governor of you know like people saying oh t- like these guys are being stinky cheaters who run up the score <laughs> like, or, or like the evil empire stuff. People are just like, yeah, man, I also, and like the, there's no governor because Bruce Arians is in charge. They're just throwing it and don't care. Yeah. was that Joe Gibbs was mad that the like Patriots hung like 50 something on him that year. And a lot like, of sportsmanship would be nice. It was, there was yeah. like, I mean, like Connor, you were like probably seven. So you don't know. I mean, you're probably 15 or something. Right. <laughs> I mean, like you were, I mean, but like 15 year olds don't get caught up in the, like the 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 hot take like sports debate of of right. like was there like like there was a legitimate like debate about set. whether the Patriots were violating the unwritten codes of sportsmanship by running up the Dude. score on the Jets. I always like, thought that like that was like the softest shit ever. Like yes, like, I agree. Okay, like, yeah. like sportsmanship, like that shit. Like no, you're playing to win. Like you know, like you know, I they don't don't kill anyone, but like right, you're playing to win. You know, like yeah. you win, stomp on their throats. You know, like fucking win the game. Yeah, so. it's like, wait, wait, you're, you're mad they ran up the score on the Jets? The Jets turned them into the league for cheating. Like, what, yeah. what did you think Bill Belichick <laughs> and Tom Brady were going to do? Like, yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, we got 40 points. I guess we'll stop now. <laughs> no, hang more on them. That's Belichick's thing. You're on offense. I'm sending you out to be to score touchdowns. Yeah. If I have to send out the punt team, that means you did not do your job offensively. Otherwise, I just send the punt team out right away as soon as we get the ball. Like it's not their turn yet. <laughs> right, so, like, right, exactly. When it's their turn, they'll go out. Like, or hopefully they don't. So yeah, soft. I, I'm, I'm. I know it's a square side, but I'm. I laid the five, and uh, I think it's the. I think the Bucks are the side. Agreed. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, could be a nice spot for Chris Godwin. I mean, Mike Evans. We've seen the Mike Edwins and uh, you know Lattimore thing for years. Marshawn Lattimore. That's been a battle. Brown's going to be out again. I think Godwin. Absolutely, eats. you could do a um, you could do a, a Brady. Is New Orleans defense? I mean, do we think it's 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 good? Right? It is good. Yeah, no idea. It's, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's above average. I yeah. think it's better. I don't, than, I don't think it's like top five, but I think it's I think it's above average. I mean, that's the only thing I'd be worried about is if New Orleans defense has a great game and a, and a, is a like I was thinking about Brady, Godwin, and then you know bring it back with Kamara because yeah. you know you get that you know you, it's rare to get that um, you know. Uh, quarterback wide receiver and then running back bring back you know usually right. it's impossible yeah. in, in dfs no i think it's the right way to do it too i'd stay away from lenny because i think that you know that where they are really good i think is that defensive line is really yes, solid sure. now davenport's back like they're they're legit up front yeah all right now last one sunday night football dallas on the road against the vikings vikings two and a half point favorites at home 55 is the total really unusual for two clubs to both be off a buy yeah 50, it was 53 it's up to 55 it's been steamed up um Looks like it might even get a little bit higher here. Um, 
Kirk Cousins in prime time, baby. Let's mm-hmm. rock and roll. I mean, it's not Monday night, but Sunday night. Will, what are your thoughts here? Uh, um, I like the uh, I like the Cowboys in this spot. Kirk Cousins in prime time. No thanks. Cowboys are off a bye. Not that I think Mike McCarthy installed some magical, you know, like or maybe Mike McCarthy went last. He went to PFF for another <laughs> camp out last weekend. <laughs> um, you know, when you look at Minnesota, uh, their defense they are better against the pass. But Patrick Peterson's going to be out. He was playing really well. They are not great against the run. And Dallas coming to the bye was running the ball so well. And you know, I mean, look the bye. I mean. I know we like to say you pass to pass to score and run to win or whatever you know whatever whatever the saying is. Not, you know, not a, we don't establish a run. It's an ironic website name, folks. If you don't know that, uh, but if you can run the ball really well, it sets up play action. It it makes play action really really dangerous. Like you can run play action without running the ball, and it works. But if you can run the ball effectively with Zeke and Tony Pollard, and then you, then Dak behind a good offensive line is just gonna be able to pick apart this Minnesota secondary. So. For me, if I can fade Kirk Cousins in prime time, you know, without laying a ton of points, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. Especially with a, 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 a what I think is a really good Cowboys team uh, coming off a of bye. There's going to be tons of points in this for sure, though. Yeah, I don't want to oversimplify it too, but I think that's it, man. I, I think Will laid it out there. This is a massive trenches mismatch. I mean, Dallas is first in adjusted line yards offensively. They've been playing great. Really, outside of that Bucks game in the opener, where that was again game plan specific against that that secondary and avoiding that front on Tampa side, they've been leaning run heavy. Um, I know that like Dak has been uber efficient and we know that they have nice weapons, but like they want to run the football and they're doing it well. Minnesota's dead last in defensive line yards, um, adjusted line yards on uh, football outsiders. Like that's it, man. Like they are going to run the football and have success. And this feels short, like two and a half feels fishy. Like they want us to take Dallas somehow, but I'm, I'm fine with taking it. I took Dallas at two and a half. I think it gets to three at least. Um, again, a primetime game, an island game like this. Everyone's chasing the dragon on Sunday afternoon, trying to get something back. And this is gonna, this will get to three, three and a half. Connor, what do you think? So Zeke overs is that what you're telling me? Zeke, Zeke overs, overs is on list. Probably. Um, yeah. I think that that's yeah, that's interesting for sure. I would probably put this at three too if you know I was uh, an odds maker. Uh, so yeah, two and a half feels a little bit short. Um, I guess like if you only look at them just from a you know efficiency metric standpoint. Dallas third in offensive DVOA, Minnesota 12th, but defensively Minnesota sixth in defensive DVOA, Dallas 10th, which has been a big surprise this year in terms of how well Dallas' defense has played after coming into the season looking like, you know, probably a bottom 10 unit. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I think that for me, probably Dallas is the better team, but I can see why the line is only three because, I mean, they're similar in a lot of senses. Like their metrics are pretty close. Like they're, the teams are not that far off. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would lean Cowboys at under three. By the way, the Cowboys over the last four games going to the bye, and they weren't playing like elite defenses or anything, but they averaged 39 points per game. I, yeah, mean, I mean, they're putting up insane. points and they're just, they're, you can't stop their offense right now. Dak looks like he's in complete and total control out there and very patient, very comfortable. The thing about the cat, the thing, and the reason why I wouldn't, you know, like I know well, they could run. And the Vikings should run at them, and it you know we get a little sluggish. Uh, if, if if that does happen early, I would definitely look at a live over here too, because the Cowboys will score their points, and the Vikings, like I said earlier on the show, no one loves turning what could be just an old fashioned slog and runoff into a banana shootout 
uh, more than the Vikings. Like, I, I think I saw the stats. The Vikings raised the floor of plays run by their opponents more than any other team in the NFL. And so, you know, if you if they get down, yes, the Cowboys have a good secondary, but Kirk Cousins is going to be chucking it down the field to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, and so, and then you just get, you know, they'll score and then you got to keep coming back at them. You could just see this thing kind of, kind of just get wound up and get out of control. Mm-hmm. One of my last two notes live over on this game if Dallas gets up. Yes. Awesome play because, um, Minnesota has this like awesome, efficient passing game, and they like refuse to use it for the first three quarters. But if you make them use it, yes, they, exactly. they do it very, very well, and they're yeah. willing. Otherwise, they they're just like let's grind it down and hand it off to Dalvin. It's like somebody who owns a Ferrari but only drives it in residential areas <laughs> and never goes above thirty five, and and then like and then. Then somebody, uh, somebody convinces them, like tricks them to follow them onto the freeway, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go!" And they're like, you know, just mash it up to like ninety all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Weaving I mean, in and out of people with barely any yeah. room. It's like, damn, like why don't you do this more often? Like, I, yeah, and well, it's because Mike Zimmer. It's like Mike Zimmer's driving the Ferrari. I mean, Mike Zimmer's the one guy that actually thinks that you need to run it often and well right. to actually do the play action piece. So he's willing to like die on that hill over and over again. Well, the like, other note. Well, um, so well, no, I was gonna say like like a perfect example of, of of what happens with this this team is that like the Browns game. I was thinking, oh man, this is gonna be one where this that happens, and they they do raise the floor. But the problem is the Browns are so intent on doing the same thing sure. that they they weren't willing to get into that back and forth shootout sure. with the Vikings, and instead you, know, you get a fourteen seven game, and, and 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 the Browns even played really well in that game. But like if 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 you if you make them if you make them throw the ball, they will score points. Yeah. So this Dallas offense, as good as they've been, they, well, they've been awesome. Um, they slowly started to build on some of the explosive pass plays, but they've been surprisingly bad in the red zone. As good as they've been, they're twenty seventh in points per red zone, twenty wow. fifth in touchdowns per red zone. They're scoring in the upper thirties. This team is like if they start to get it together, become even middle of the pack offensively in the red zone. Like that's what happened in the Patriots game. They lost like four red zone opportunities yeah. and squandered them into nothing. Like if they start to get really good in the red zone too, like we're dealing with Chiefs type of offense of the last few years. Like oh, yeah. it is all there. So like even though they've been 35, 38, 39, whatever we'll say, like there is margin for them to be better offensively than what they've been. If Brandon Staley coached the Cowboys they would be the Super Bowl favorite. Like, it's just like, like everybody's like, man, these cow- I mean, like I, I look at the Cowboys, I'm like, man, this team is really good. And it's just Mike McCarthy. I'm like, Mike McCarthy's going to do something stupid in his second playoff game this mm-hmm. year. Like, Someone told him if you make it to the Super Bowl that you get all the timeouts you didn't use early in the season. And like they're all, they're all left. And you're like, I have 12 timeouts. <laughs> it's going to be the Rams or like the Packers or it's one of those two teams where he just puckers up and makes them really dumb like play mm-hmm. calls and gets conservative and runs the ball and they get, st- you know, it, it, you can see it happening from 10 miles away. Since you guys were dumping on my Dolphins futures, I'm going to go ahead and brag that I have a 16 to one Cowboys to win the most or to score the most points in the league uh, Ooh, ticket. That's so that's looking great right now. I'm I'm a big fan of that. I thought that was going to be like a 16 to one like Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I was like, I don't know if I'd brag. No, that's, that's <laughs> 16 to one most points is really good. Are they? Are they? They're leading right now. Yeah, they're up by like 30. With buy too. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know with the buy. I, I checked last Saturday, and they were winning. So before last games. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, but, yeah. the buy. that's that's good. I mean, that's 
That's Chiefs and Rams by once again on the other side of the Chiefs Rams by Tampa Bay by two. Those are your yep. those are the teams to sweat it up. The Bills are up there too. I mean the Bills. I think Cowboys have two more points in the Bills right now. Still, still. Yep. Uh, Bucks are at two thirty three. Cowboys are at two. Uh, oh, Cardinals two twenty five. Rams two oh seven. Bucks two thirty three. Cowboys are at two oh three. Okay. But I mean so, Cowboys. Yeah. You know, Cowboys had, had their buy already. So yeah. Yeah, we just said they're going to score 35 this week. So you're, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. 55. House money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will, you're the man. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on here. Tell everyone where they can uh, find your stuff. They can, uh, you know, the, uh, there's very little damage done by the Astros during the entire <laughs> length of this podcast, which is like 90 minutes of this podcast. And then, yeah. like, as soon as we started wrapping up, it's like immediate solo jack by Altuve. <laughs> and then, like, an immediate Brantley smack. Drew Smiley's getting his face smashed in. Um, CBSSports.com, all my picks and everything up there. And then, of course, the Pick 6 podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere. Uh, can be found at Will Brinson on Twitter and the Instagrams. Thanks for having me, fellas. Oh, on the IG. What's that? What's that? We got poolside stuff? What do we got going on over there? Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, usually I post like a picture of me. Pictures of me at a, at a beer bob, like at the, at the local pool. <laughs> that, that one, people like that one. It's just mm. taped up goggle or some. It's like I don't remember. I've got like I've got like fifty, be- like twenty beers in my like, and I'm holding like this because I was the only <laughs> one out there for Memorial Day. A lot of kid stuff. You don't really want to go on Instagram. Uh, mine's the same. Yeah. Pictures of my son, you know, my my boys. That's about it. So exactly. All right. Uh, well, that wraps us up. So uh, we will be back on Friday with Prop Stars. We'll be doing our prop stuff again. Uh, don't forget to check that out. Rate and review. And uh, we'll be back to do it all again. So for Connor and Will, I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>